I invite you to turn with me now to the book of Ruth, chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 13 to the end. Please stand as we read God's word. Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 to 22. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself in scripture and you have revealed how you dealt with Israel and and the, the saints of old age and how you deal today with us, which is faithful and full of love. Father, we pray now that as we um, dwell upon your scripture, that you fill our hearts and that you build them up in comfort and holiness and that we live uh, to your glory and love you well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to finish the book of Ruth today, and we're going to look at this last passage in the book of Ruth, and it's also the climax of this little book, the the high point in, in, in many ways. The narrator has skillfully waited and never fully tipped his hand until this very moment. Everything comes together here in these last verses, and it is, it is a beautiful and joyful occasion. It is an ending that we all hoped for, and yet it's a, it is an ending that, that no one could possibly have expected, especially Ruth and Naomi. And what we learn, therefore, here is a, is a very important lessons, lesson, what we, what we need to realize in this narrative, and every narrative in the Old Testament, is that there's a certain hero, there's a, there's a main character, and that the hero is not Ruth in this book, even though the book is called Ruth. And she is an incredible loyal daughter with a commendable character. But she's not the hero in this story. 
Neither is, 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 is Boaz the hero. He is a Christ-like figure who shows forth this, uh, like Ruth, this chesed love that we so often mentioned. And he selflessly takes care of Ruth and sees her at the, at the margin and he welcomes her into, into his family. But he's not the hero. And it is certainly not Naomi who is the one in so desperate need. The hero in this narrative and in every Old Testament book is, is God. It is Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel, who shows himself and proves himself to be, to be faithful in his love to, to his people. And I hope that is what we saw throughout this book and we will we'll see once again in this very last, in this, in this last scene. God will show himself faithful to his people. And if you need a heading for an outline, I don't have it in the bulletin, but you can, you can the first point would be God provides a redeemer for Ruth. God provides a redeemer for Ruth. Now look with me at verse 13 that we just read. We read it's a very simple verse. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. There's one so, and, and I believe five ands. It's a very, very simple verse, and everything happens in this one verse 13. It, it is almost too easy. If we don't know the story, we might be inclined to think that there's nothing special about it. People get married all the time. And people have children all the time. But since we know Ruth's story, we, we, we have to and we need to appreciate this verse even more. And maybe we also pick up on the irony that the narrator is creating here with this, with this simplicity in this verse. It is that easy. God provides Boaz as the redeemer for Ruth. And he provides her an heir, a child. And it is really that easy if God is involved, isn't it? All things are possible for God. And do you see the phrase here in, in, in this verse where it says, and the Lord gave her conception. This is only the second time we read about God's active involvement in this book. The first time we read in chapter 1, verse 6, that he has visited his people and gave them food. And, and this first active involvement of God brings the whole story in, into motion. This is what gets everything started. And now at the very end, we, we read here, God has given her a son. It is like a nice bookend from beginning to end. God was always in charge, always in control, and he was always involved. And you need to remember, Ruth was married before. She was married to, to the son of Naomi for about 10 years, and she never had the blessing of having a child with him. She was barren. Ten years she was married until eventually her, husb her husband died and she was left without children. 
childless for 10 years and now um, she has this child in her arms. But you also need to remember what she did after that. She decides to follow Naomi to Bethlehem. And what is Naomi telling her? You remember how she urged her to stay? She says, don't come with me. Think about your life. You're young. You're still beautiful and young and you have a chance to, to find another husband in, in your culture with your language and, and, and this is the best chance, the best shot you have to find another man and have a future. In fact, Naomi is urging her and telling her that if you come to Israel, if you come to Bethlehem with me, there's nothing I can offer you. There's absolutely nothing that you can expect or you will get out of, of there. Talking about good evangelism. And, and yet she still goes, right? Naomi tells her that there's nothing except calamity and, and tragedy. Surely you, you are seeking a good life. That is what everybody does. But she says you won't find it in Israel. That is something I can guarantee you. And, and we, we know Ruth's answer. We know Ruth's answer, answer because we, we hear them at every other wedding. Because they are so beautiful words of loyalty and faithfulness. Ruth, Ruth says, your God, my God. Where you go, I will go. I will follow you. And where you lodge, I will lodge. And, and what is she saying? She's saying that nothing except death shall part us. She is actually expecting the worst. But she's ready to do it. Where you die, I will die. Your God is my God. Now, usually people, and, 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 and being an American you know that people immigrate into another country for one simply, simple reason, and that is to have a better life. Why, why would you leave everything behind, you, your, your relatives, you, your language, your culture, um, to go to another country just to suffer? But that is what, what Ruth did. And she expects nothing she expected nothing but hardship. She left everything behind, every chance to have a normal life. And for what reason? Because she loved Naomi. And she loved Naomi's God. She showed this chesed to Naomi. And she did, ex she did expect not a thing. She puts no condition on her obedience. She says, may the Lord deal with me as he deems right. And she gives up her life. And, and doesn't that remind you of, of a principle of something that Jesus said in the New Testament? Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever will lose, it life, lose it, his life for my sake will find it. This is exactly what, what Ruth did. She gave up her definition of a good life and she followed Christ. She followed Yahweh, the God of Israel. And she gave up everything, every, every shot, every prospect of a good life. Only so that she can be with God's people and under his wings. And now 
Here she is with a wonderful husband and a son in her arms. What a great reversal happened in her life against all the, all the odds because of God's intervening grace. All that which seemed so impossible is here summed up in one verse. And what we have to understand is that all this would be absolutely impossible if it wasn't for God's faithfulness. If it wasn't for God's intervening grace, in a, in a word, if it wasn't for God's chesed. And the words of Naomi in, in chapter 1, verse 9, where she, say, where she says, May you find rest. And the words of Boaz in chapter 2, verse 12, where he says, May the Lord repay you and give you a great reward. Find the fulfillment here in this verse. She now has a redeemer in Boaz. And she now has an heir who will take care of her. The Lord provided a redeemer for Ruth in Boaz. But this is not the only redeemer that God provided in this narrative. This brings us to the second point that, that God provided a redeemer for Naomi. And, and there I to say that this is even a greater reversal than we see in Ruth's life. God provides a redeemer for Naomi, the poor old widow who immigrated for the very reason I just mentioned earlier. She immigrated to Moab to pursue a better life. She left God behind just to have a better life. And she, what happened? She was bereft of everything. She lost her husband, she lost her two sons, she lost her land in Israel. In a, in a society where family means everything, she had no family left. Everything was taken from her and, and there, was no, there was no prospect, so it seemed, no future for her. Her condition, her situation was even worse than, than Ruth's. She had basically four options. First, she could work in the fields and, and stay at least alive for, for some time. But she was too old to do that. Second, she could get married again. But she was too old to do that. Back in, in the old traditional times, you wouldn't get married out of a romantic love, but there was a purpose behind it. You, you needed an heir. And she was too old to bear children in, in, in a certain sense, she was useless as a wife. As hard that, and harsh that might sound, this was just fa the reality in those times. And third, she, she could have the, her children to provide for her. But she had no children. They were all dead. And finally, she could rent out her land. But we learned that she sold, she had to sell her land. This was a very hopeless situation. And so she came back, and, and we remember the way she came back, and she called herself Mara the Bitter, completely empty, forsaken by God. And now here she is, the woman holding a son in her arm. And the women who, who wondered about her by her first at her first return, asking, is this really Naomi? 
they couldn't recognize her at the first time and were asking about her. Now, here, the same women, they're praising the Lord for not forsaking her. And they're blessing the Lord and acknowledging God's faithfulness, God's chesed. Blessed be the Lord, they say, who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And they are not talking about Boaz, but about, about, about the child of Ruth. And they say, he will be a restorer of your life and a nourisher of your old age. He will take care of you. And they are, they are sure about, about that. Why? Because they have seen Ruth. And they have seen the way Ruth takes care of, of Naomi. And they, they praise her that, because this is the child of Ruth. And Ruth will make sure that this child will take care of Naomi as well. And, and they say these interesting, interesting words. They, they praise her and say, she's better than seven sons to you. Now this, during those times, was the highest praise you can give to a woman. Better than seven sons, this Moabite woman has shown the woman of Israel what it means, what steadfast love looks like. She has shown them what chesed looks like. And they have no doubt in their minds that this daughter of Naomi's is worth more than seven sons. Now, the people back in the days would value sons more than, than daughters. And, and as we know, the, the number seven is a number of perfection. And what they say is, seven sons is a perfect family. Seven sons back in the days were a perfect family. But they say, having Ruth as your daughter-in-law, you have a better family than a perfect family. Because this, this daughter of yours loves you. Loves you with, with the love uh, with which God loves his children. In a society where sons were valued more than daughters, they say these words to, to, to Naomi about Ruth. And you see how they call him Naomi's son. This is the last act of selfless and sacrificial kindness that we see from Ruth. What we, what we have here is this symbol, a symbol of, of Naomi taking, taking this baby and, and, and becoming her nurse. What Ruth is doing is she's giving her son and, and, and giving it to, to Naomi and telling her that this is as much my son as it is yours. She is again selfless and she gives her son to Naomi and, and, and tells her that this year, this son will be your redeemer. He will take care of you until your old age. This is a very moving scene, a, a real tearjerker if you think about it. This, this woman who never had a grandchild in her, in her arms, who thought she would die, has now a redeemer who will restore her life. And here we have Naomi coming from emptiness to fullness, 
from, from destruction to deliverance, from, from death to life. The story that began with death and calamity and famine ends now with a birth, with joy and with love. And we need to think, and, and the, the words of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, ring true in our ears. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power of work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. This is God's doing. This is God showing himself to be faithful to Naomi, who herself was unfaithful to God, and yet his love would not let her go. God provided a redeemer for Naomi. But this is not the end. In, in a very real sense, this is just the beginning. God provides here a redeemer for the whole world, for, for all his people, for Israel and all the people who, who are yet to come and trust in him. And this is the greatest surprise in this story, and, and we already know it, but, but imagine being a Jew who reads this, this narrative for the first time, and, and he reads the last verse where it says, they named him Obed, which means servant. What a fitting name for one who will, who will not only take care of Ruth, but Naomi, who will be a servant. But for one who points us further to the greatest servant, the one who came not to be served, but to serve. And we read on, and it it reads, he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. The father of David. This is where the writer wants you to have this aha moment. This is not, and we start to understand Primarily the story about two impoverished widows. This is the story about God providing and, and, and paving the way for a redeemer who will be born in Bethlehem and will bring redemption for all his people. The story that, that started with death here ends with birth, with the birth, and it shows us and points us to Christ. This is just the beginning of the story. This story looks beyond itself and it is talking about all of time. How God's preparing and accomplishing redemption for all people. And that's why we have this genealogy at the end. Matthew in chapter 1 picks up this very genealogy and he leads on until he comes to Christ. What a wonderful, skillful, woven narrative that points us to the greatest redeemer there is. You see, the women of Bethlehem are amazed by the love and loyalty that Ruth has shown Naomi. We are astonished by Boaz's selfless and sacrificial love for Ruth. And we rejoice about the wonderful outcome of the redeemer Obed that will restore Naomi's life. But guess what? They all point us 
to the one Redeemer that is greater than all of them. They all point us to Jesus Christ who accomplished redemption by his life, his death, and his resurrection. If you think about it, Ruth swears loyalty to Naomi and she says only death will uh, will separate us. Jesus Christ, he says, not even death will separate you from my love. Boaz, he is willing to pay a great price for the marginalized Ruth, who is who's standing at the, at the margin of his fields, and he's, he's willing to pay a great price to redeem her and to perpetuate her name and the names of the death. Jesus Christ was willing to lay down his life. He paid the greatest price. He, he paid with his own blood so that you and my name will be written in the book of life. The names of unworthy sinners redeemed. And the women of Bethlehem, they say of Obed that he will be a restorer of life for Naomi till her old age. But Jesus, through his resurrection, conquered death itself and offers all those who trust in him eternal life. You see, Naomi, she will eventually die. Obed will take care of her, but Naomi will die. She's a sinner. and the, the, the wages of sin is death. Obed himself will die. Boaz died. Ruth died. We all will die. We need a redeemer greater than Obed. And we have that redeemer in Jesus Christ. The true restorer of life. A restorer of eternal life, of spiritual life. And we see here this story points us how to God who, who provided Christ and who was faithful to Israel during these times when nobody was thinking about God. He was providing the way for Jesus Christ to come. This is a story for all ages and for all for, 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 the, for all people. This is not just a story about Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. This is our story. This is, in, in a certain way, family history. And you can add your name to this genealogy. We have in Jesus Christ the greatest Redeemer. Let us now pray to him and be grateful for what he has done and how faithful he is, even on our worst days. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that illumines our eyes to see these great and wonderful truths that we can know you and that we can understand the gospel. We can know that you are faithful and that your steadfast love will endure forever. Thank you that the way you dealt with these two poor widows 
you also deal today with us. When we are weak, when we are frail, when we go astray, your steadfast love, your faithfulness will never fail. Father, help us to keep these truths in our hearts, to always set our minds and on, on, on eyes on Christ and, and to rest in him, to rest in, in his righteousness and what he has done for us. Help us to walk in this life faithfully and that we, in all that we do, say or think, glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.